Hi, listeners. Welcome to Grief Out Loud. Remember the last time you tried to talk about grief and suddenly everybody left the room? Grief Out Loud is opening up this often avoided conversation because grief is hard enough without having to go through it alone. We bring you a mix of personal stories, tips for supporting children, teens, and yourself, and interviews with professionals in the grief world. Platitude and cliche-free, we promise. Grief Out Loud is hosted by me, Jana DeCristofero, and produced by Dougie Center, the National Grief Center for Children and Families in Portland, Oregon. For those of you familiar with the show and the work we do at Dougie Center, you know that we strongly believe it's important to be honest with kids about death and grief, to welcome their questions, and to support them in figuring out what they think, feel, and need to do in the face of grief. We recently collaborated with another organization that shares the same belief. Jelani Memory co-founded a kids' company about, with the vision of creating kids' books about topics that, as adults, we often avoid talking with them about. Since October of 2019, a kids' company about has published a vast library of books on topics like racism, empathy, imagination, anxiety, depression, and body image. When Jelani and his team reached out to our executive director, Brennan Wood, with the idea of using her personal story to write a kid's book about grief, we were thrilled. Brennan's been a guest a few times on Grief Out Loud, but if you're not familiar with her story, her mom Doris died of cancer just after Brennan turned 12. She came to Dougie Center as a teen in one of our peer support groups and returned again as a volunteer and then a staff member. She's been our executive director for the past six years. A kid's book about grief is available for pre-order this week, and we are really excited for this collaboration to be out in the world. It's a tool for kids and adults to read and learn together about grief and how to navigate it. I got to sit down with Brennan and Jelani to talk about the writing process, the book, and Jelani's vision for a kid's company about. Okay, here's my conversation with Brennan and Jelani. Jelani and Brennan, welcome to Grief Out Loud. I'm so looking forward to our conversation today. I'm glad to be here. Super happy to be here. Thanks so much, Jana. And we'll start where we always do, which is a little bit about your kind of personal experiences with grief. And Brennan, I know you've shared yours on the show in the past, and we'll let you do it again. But we thought, Jelani, maybe you could start us off with, you know, what have what have you experienced around grief in your life? You know, I gave this some consideration and um I think the the deepest experience around grief that I've had has been grieving the the absence of my father throughout my life. Um, I was the youngest of four kids, born and raised here in Portland, Oregon, and uh, you know, dad left when I was four, and I would only see him a handful of times throughout my childhood. And and you know, as I became an adult, I sort of became aware of the anger, resentment, um, and, and ultimately through counseling that led to a tremendous amount of grief, grief that he never saw me play soccer or play the guitar or, you know, uh, swish, uh, a three point jumper, you know, at the buzzer, uh, or, or met most of my kids. Um, and, and ultimately we, we reconciled, uh, at the end of his life, uh, right before he passed away. Um, but, uh, that grief, um, has been longstanding and has been, um, tremendously 
difficult to process and work through as well as has, has marked my life in a number of ways. It's such a good reminder, you know, that grief applies to losses that occur, even if someone hasn't died of all those missed opportunities and, and the lack of connection and and engagement and, and that that grief can be particularly nuanced and, and complex because there's not a lot of, um, validation for it out in the world or a lot of support that shows up in the more traditional ways when somebody has died. And Brennan, do you want to share a bit about your story as well? Sure. I'm happy to. Um, yeah. So my kind of grief journey began at the young age of around 10 when my mom was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and then she died three days after my 12th birthday. And, uh, you know, my family just did not have the tools to navigate her illness or her death. It was a really rough time for me. Um, and luckily, my dad had heard of the Dougie Center and So in 1987, when I was 12 years old, I I walked through the doors of the Deggie Center for the first time. And it really, it changed everything for me to be in a space where I could really uh, express my grief and, and share what I was going through with others who understood both the kids in the program, as well as the adult volunteers and adult staff members. And that really began my passion for uh, supporting grieving kids and families. And I, um, after I left the program, I volunteered for a lot of years and then came back 17 years ago to work at the Dougie Center and have um, been the executive director for the last six years. And about five years ago, uh, started bringing uh, my daughter Jordan to the Dougie Center after the death of both of her biological parents also then get to see the Dougie Center through that lens as well. And grief is is one of those things that has been um, in many ways, my kind of constant companion throughout my life. And, and I've learned so much about who I am and also the, the beauty and brevity of life through those experiences. So uh, that is, that's why I'm here today with both of you. And I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, for Brennan, you've really had the full spectrum Dougie Center experience of being a recipient of services, a provider of services, and then a recipient again, but from a different perspective as a, as a parent and not as a teen. Yeah. So I feel like you are woven into the walls and the air and the atmosphere of Dougie Center as well. Well, thank you for that. And also I'm, you know, super hopeful that I, I, that, that I can continue on my uh, provider of services journey and and maybe not so much of recipient of services again in the future. I, I think I'm I'm good in that department. <laughs> You've learned what you wanted to learn. About I, I I sure have. <laughs> so you know, as I was thinking through our conversation today, and you know, Jelani really going through the extensive catalog of a kid's book about things like racism and activism, shame, grief, depression. I was thinking like to write these books, to put them out in the world, you really have to come from a place where you believe that these are topics kids should be exploring, even from a really young age. And, you know, it's really the opposite of what a lot of adults think of like, oh, we got to protect kids, keep their innocence intact. Why do you think it's important to talk with kids about things that some might feel you know, they're just too young to know about this. Well, I think there are a handful of reasons. Um, 
but but the most obvious uh, um and the one i always lean back on is that kids are ready they're ready to dive into these sticky uncomfortable um very difficult conversations because they don't bring all the baggage that we do as grown-ups um they're curious they're thoughtful they want to know and and the unknown is actually very scary for kids but um, concrete information and um, thoughts and, and questions are, are, are very centering for kids, if you will. The second thing is that every, every grown up can remember what it's like to be a kid, to be six, to be seven, to be eight, and what their questions were, what their thoughts were, what their experiences were. And, and I can promise that every grown up listening to this wasn't thinking, I wish grownups talked to me less when I was a kid. I wish they shared with me less true things. I wish they cared less about what was happening inside of me socially and emotionally. Um, it's actually quite the opposite. We all wish that those grownups around us talk to us more, introduce information to us earlier because we were curious and we wanted to know. And we got told, I'll tell you when you're older or you wouldn't understand or you're not old enough yet. And we would have to parse out these hushed conversations in the living room as we stood on the stairs just to make heads or tails of what was happening in the adult world. Um, so those two things coupled together, you know, kids being ready and this reality that I think, um, you know, we all remember being kids and those things we wish we knew. Um, which leads me to the last thing, which is, uh, you know, this idea of protecting kids' innocence. Um, it's really about protecting our own comfort because these things, um, as adults, they really are hard to talk about. Um, there's no way around it. They're, they're uncomfortable and they're difficult to talk about. And so we protect ourselves by going, I don't really actually want to do this by blaming it on the kids and saying they're not ready and they wouldn't understand. Um, and so, uh, you know, I don't know where this protect their innocence thing came from, but I think it's, it's a false flag. It's a, it's a red herring. It's, it's not what it's about. Um, and, and kids truly are ready. And I would just say that I so appreciate that perspective and that kind of philosophy around interacting with kids. And it, it's so congruent with the way that we believe at Dougie Center, kids should be talked to about loss and death and grief. You know, when Jelani and I first met, having those kinds of conversations really just that truth for a kid's book about and also that truth for Dougie Center are so in line with one another. So we believe all of that as well. And that's uh, it's wonderful. I think I'm I'm just so happy that you're uh, creating these resources for kids that are coming from that place. No, thank you. Brendan, I have a little bit of a, a shift in that question for you where, you know, kids who come to Dougie Center, whatever innocence there may have been is gone around the fact that people die. That is why they're coming to the Dougie Center because someone in their life has died. And I'm wondering, Brendan, for you writing this book, putting your story out in the world, knowing that, you know, who knows who will pick up the book. It might only be folks who have had someone in their life die, but it might not be. It might be families who just want to preemptively talk with kids mm -hmm. about grief. And I wonder what's important about that to you to like have the message of we can talk about grief, even if no one in our life has died yet. The reality is, is that kids are hearing about these things 
in and know about things much, I think, you know, and I don't know if it's sooner than when we were kids or if it's sooner than, you know, a hundred years ago, but at this point, like kids are learning about these things from one another. They're hearing information from one another and to be able to put a resource out that has accurate information that validates kids' experience and also potentially can give them an insight into others' experience, I think is really important because Jelani just referenced that, you know, kids kids know things and they hear things from, you know, from the stairwell and the hushed whispers in the living room. And I think we tend to give kids less credit for what they already know. And kids are hearing about these tough topics in school. And don't we want to, as adults, provide an open opportunity for kids to talk about things with the adults in their life who love them and care for them in true words, not in euphemisms, in talking to them in in a real way about these things so that they are prepared for if it hasn't already happened in their life that, you know, when a classmate has something happen. Um, Because as we know, in the United States, pre-COVID, one in 14 kids will have a parent or a sibling die before they turn 18 years old. And that's a huge number of kids. And, And think of not just those kids, but the kids that are around them on their soccer team, in their classroom, uh, in their dance class with them. And they they hear about these things. And I think it's important to um, have those conversations so that kids know that adults can be trusted with the hard things and that we can collectively have these difficult conversations and there is, you know, support for them in having those conversations. So, you know, putting my story out there in that way to, you know, hopefully a, a, a broader audience to help kids who are going through this, but also kids who, you know, have friends that are going through this, uh, I think is just, it's really important. Jelani, I wanted to go back to, you know, what you had mentioned of that so often the urge to not talk to kids about challenging or charged topics can be really rooted in adults' own discomfort. And with that in mind, I'm curious when when these books are written and edited and shaped, like how how do you I imagine as kids' books, they're written for kids, but they're also written for the adults who will be co-reading these books with kids. So just curious, how do you incorporate that idea of speaking directly to adults' discomfort? Yeah. Well we open every book on the very first page with uh, a statement that says better together. Um, this book is best read grown up and kid. Um, and, and the intent behind that statement is we don't want uh, a parent or a grown up or a caretaker or grandma, grandpa, auntie, uncle, teacher to just hand the book to a kid and say, you know, have at it. We want it to be a together experience. And then the second bit is we're actually rarely trying to be sensitive to the kids' feelings in terms of the communication of information. Um, because remember, kids are ready. They're, they're actually totally fine when you introduce with them uh, those, those sticky elements. It's the grownups that we sort of need to hold their hand and walk them through it so that um, one, they get up to speed on the language. We're putting words in their mouth to help them talk about it. But two, we are we're taking the pressure off to go, it's really okay to talk about this. We promise. And your kid is going to be okay, like implicit in all of the language of all of our books. 
is that putting that grown up at ease so that by the time they get done, they realize, oh my gosh, my kid didn't break. Um, their, their innocence isn't, you know, gone for forever. Uh, and oh, wow, I can talk about this too. And and now I have like things I want to share and, and my kids asking me questions, they're sharing new experiences. So the, the grown up is incredibly central, um, not just in the, the book making process, but the, the intended moment that we're trying to manufacture with the book itself. Um, always involves a, a grown-up, not just a kid. I really love the idea of the books helping adults feel maybe more confident and competent in being able to talk about these topics with kids because it gives them the language. And like you said, that that lived experience of we talked about it and my kid is still here. Like This went okay. And now <laughs> I've got some more tools uh, to do that. So Jelani, you started a kid's company about in October of 2019 right before the pandemic really took hold here in the Pacific Northwest and across the United States. And I'm just curious how, you know, that wider context kind of shaped the topics maybe you chose to focus on in the last year and a half. And and what led you to want to publish a book specifically about grief? You know, I can't tell whether we had great timing or terrible timing. Um, but uh one of the things that was definitely true pre-pandemic was that um, kids were ready and they needed these conversations and they needed the grown-ups in their lives to step up to the plate and have them. That's the spirit that we created the books with. When the pandemic hit and we we all realized this wasn't just two weeks home from school, this was a sea change on how we were going to do life for a very long time. Those things that simmered under the surface that we distracted ourselves with movies or restaurants or taking road trips or traveling or any of the things that we did, just going about our daily lives, we had to face up against them. And that was true of adults and navigating all of the realities of work from home and finances and death and loss and, but kids too, right? being disconnected from their friends, their communities, from their schools, from their sports. And, and it created an urgency for the books that we were creating because now you could no longer ignore having those conversations. And, and I think grief was always on my list of books that I wanted to do. One, because I think we in the West are terrible when it comes to um, managing grief, talking about grief, dealing with grief, acknowledging grief, grieving, but but two, uh, introducing it to kids at all, full stop, right? And bridging that that gap between the grown up and the kid. And so, this book, um, I think, has always held a special place in my heart for us to do. And I don't think there's any better time than now when. After, you know, 18 months, almost two years of living in a pandemic, we are all grieving, grieving the loss of so many things, loss of loved ones, loss of how we used to do life, um, loss of continuity, uh, and um, that feeling that I think we're all feeling, especially kids, is grief. And so this book, it has to exist. It must exist. And I, and I couldn't think of a better organization to do it with than the Dougie Center. And then I, I couldn't think of a better person to do it than with Brennan. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. 
And I would also just say, you know, to add to that, we have recently, you know, there was a study that was published in the Journal of Pediatric Medicine, I believe, or the Journal of Pediatrics, uh, that shares that uh, they estimate that 140,000 kids up to potentially even 175,000 kids currently in this moment in the United States have had a parent or caregiver die from COVID. So now is the time, you know, we are, we already have huge statistics of bereaved children in the United States and, and this is just adding to it. So I think uh, now is the time for a kid's book about grief. And Brendan, you've been telling your story publicly for years, basically, since you started coming to Dougie Center as a teenager. And I wondered what it was like for you when Jelani first reached out to say, hey, let's collaborate. You want to tell your story in this way and, and publish a book about it. What, what was your reaction? Uh, I was excited. I mean, I think it's a, it's a great opportunity to reach kids all over uh, the country and potentially even around the world um, in a new format and in a new way. I was excited about that opportunity. Of course, you know, there's always a piece of putting yourself out there and putting your story out there. And through the writing process, I, you know, you think about things in a different way. Um, but I have been, as you mentioned, very public with my story in the hopes that it can help other kids and other families experiencing death. I I feel like one of the things that the Dougie Center really gives to families in so many ways through our, you know, our peer support groups, which is our primary service where we bring families together in person and virtually who have experienced a similar death in their family and through our resources and through Grief Out Loud. So much of what we do is around this idea that it is helpful to have shared experience. And if we can give that opportunity in a different way to families that may not have access to in-person support groups or may not have uh, reached out in other ways to get resources for their kids, if we can provide that feeling that you aren't the only kid in the world that this has happened to, you aren't going through this alone. If we can do that through this you know, this uh, format, how wonderful, how wonderful to give more kids in the world the feeling that there's nothing wrong with them because they're grieving, that grief is a natural, normal, and healthy human response. And that was really, you know, my goal with the book. And I, um, so I, I'm, I'm excited about it. And of course, you know, there's always a little bit of nervousness when you're putting yourself out there in a new way, but I'm, I'm excited about it. Well, and I think about how the idea that, you know, grief changes us in, in a multitude of ways and the telling of our grief story also changes us and changes our grief just by uh, putting our experience into words and articulating it, whether we do that in a private way or in a public way. And Jelani, I'm, I'm curious because the, the way your, you know, your company works is these books are authored by folks who have lived experience with whatever the topic is, depression or racism or activism. And what's been your sense, and you may have your own experience because you've also authored some of these books, of how the the people writing them are affected by the process of putting their story into words and, and providing it as a service to kids and families? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a definitely, um, it's a vulnerable experience um, to, to tell your story. Uh, and, uh, even, 
even I'm still quite shy about the the books that I've I've written because they they lay bare a lot of my experience and a lot of my sort of most vulnerable inside thoughts and feelings. But uh, they're all written, and this is true of all of our authors, all written from a very sincere and authentic place. And and with that, if we can bring our authors to be authentic and vulnerable and sincere and brave then then kids will do that too they'll see it they'll hear it on the page and so i I think it's deeply affecting for all of our authors and many of them never thought about writing a book but are walking around with these life-lived multi-decade experiences thoughts feelings knowledge and wisdom to share and so we we ask that of them across our one day writing process for each book. It's a remarkable experience um, that is, I know, uh, sort of life-changing for me and those other folks who participate in workshopping those books in the writing process, but also definitely for the authors. Jelani, did I hear you correctly that folks write these books in, in one day? Yeah. It's one of the parts of our process that I, I think we should probably talk about more. It's deeply unique. Most kids' books are not written uh, in one day. It was really driven for me by a few factors. One was I wanted to create more equity when it came to publishing children's books. The criteria typically to get to do a children's book is that you are a great writer. Most people are not great writers. You've already published a book before. Why that's a criteria, I have no idea, but it totally is. Um, And then last but not least, is that you have a massive platform to market the book. Um, Most people don't have that. So when you want to talk about creating equity for a seat at the table for folks with diverse experiences, black and brown folks, folks who identify as non-binary or transgender, there's not a lot of seats at the table in the publishing world, especially when it comes to kids' books. So we created a process that allowed them to not have to have a massive platform. We do the marketing for them. It allowed them to not have to be a great writer. We were going to bring writers to the table. All that they needed to bring was their true, authentic self and their own voice story to just keep things as interesting as possible, we make it like a five-hour group therapy session where we get it all out on the table and we we craft a book together uh, in that one one day session. That's amazing. It makes my heart rate both go up and down at the same time. <laughs> the idea of trying to like, you know, take a lifetime of experience and do it in a day, but then also all the other things you mentioned of taking a lot of the the obstacles out of the way for yeah. folks who might not have traditional access to the platforms that are required to get kids' books out into the world. And, and Brennan, hearing this, now I want to ask you another question of, at first glance, it can be like, Brennan's got this down. She's so professional and writing about her grief. She's not really affected by it anymore. Like, what was it like for you to go through that one day process? <laughs> um, it I would say it's an intense process in a great way. I felt really great about it. I will say that I definitely felt a little pressure to not be the first person to have the book not finished in that writing (laughs) workshop, uh, which then lent itself to to quite a few revisions on my part after the fact, uh, which I'm sorry about that for Jelani and his team, but uh, but I think the the end product I I believe is a really is a really great powerful book and story and. 
Yeah, it was a it was an interesting, different, unique experience for me in telling my story. Since, as you mentioned, I you know I have told my story many times, but but certainly it was a it was a different experience, and it was a great experience. And the team at um, at a kids company about are great people, and it was wonderful to work with them. And it felt very collaborative, and um, and I definitely still felt like my unique voice was heard and honored and, and a huge part of the process. And, you know, all of it is daunting, but in a, in a wonderful way. Did you come away from that experience knowing anything new or understanding anything differently about your grief? That's a great question. I think that for me, it really solidified a drive that I've had for a long time to use my experience to help as many people as possible. That was definitely solidified through this process that that's an important component of my grief. And that isn't true for everyone's grief by any stretch. You know, many people are very private in their grief and that's a perfectly understandable and and wonderful way of being. And I just happen to have a strong need to share more publicly in order to help others. And a lot of that stems from just my experience of of not feeling the right amount of support in my life until I found Dougie Center and really wanting to share with the world that there are many, many places to find support with your grief, especially for your kids' grief and your family, you know, to, to support your family through this. So uh, I think it just continues to, the process continued to really solidify for me the importance of sharing my story in a public way to help others. Well, I'm grateful to both of you for, you know, Jelani for starting this company and making these books available to kids and families around the world. And Brennan, for you being willing to, you know, go a little bit vulnerable and and put your story out there, knowing that it is going to provide so much validation and opportunity for connection and learning and growth around grief, knowing that, you know, there's nothing we can do to fix grief, but we can help reduce some of the suffering that comes with the confusion and the silence and the isolation that can be such a big part of grief. And Jelani, I'm curious, you know, listeners now are probably like, I want to get this whole library. So how do they find your books your, and connect with the work that you're doing? Uh, yeah, that's really simple. Um, just go to akidsco.com uh, and you can see all of our 60 plus books on challenging, empowering, and important topics. Well, I thank you both for being part of the process and also for coming on the show today to share about this exciting new book, which is coming out on November 2nd. Is that right? I believe so. I believe pre-order is available on November 2nd. Okay. Well, listeners, this episode might be dropping into your ears a little after November 2nd, but hopefully really close to that. So please go out and connect with the book. And again, Jelani and Brennan, thank you for being part of the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Jenna. And listeners out there, I say it each and every time, but thank you for being part of our community. The show would not mean anything without you out there tuning in. So if there's an episode that really speaks to you, please feel free to share it with family and friends. If you want to reach out to me directly, you can email me at griefoutloud at Dougie.org. That's D-O-U-G-Y dot O-R-G, which is also our website where you can find information about our local programming free downloadable activities and tip sheets and all of the past episodes of grief out loud 
So thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time.